Well, excited what's going to be shared today and next week. I uh, told all of those who were part of it, there was 33 of us who were down in California. Uh, told them that today there will be about 15 or 16 that will share, and then we'll cut it off. And then next week will be um, the remainder. There are some of you who are here uh, this Sunday. You won't be here next Sunday, so I want to make sure you are the first ones who come to the front. Uh, I don't want you to get bumped so that we don't hear from you. Uh, some of you are <clears throat> very excited about sharing. I had a text from someone this week who said, I'm not coming to church this Sunday or next Sunday because I don't want to share. <clears throat> I text back and said, if I'd have known that, I'd have thrown you off the bus. <clears throat> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I could tell you what I said. But um, we had, just want to just say, it, it was a beautiful time. Um, the bus ride was a very unique dynamic that flying doesn't do for you. When you fly there, you get there so quickly, you fly back again. The bus ride provides opportunity. On the way down, we had about 30-some hours. Uh, you'll hear about the delay that we had in Calgary accident. Delayed us about six hours. We missed Wednesday night. But on the way back, uh, we got back in about 20, 27 hours is what it, 26 hours what it took us to get back. Um, but just some beautiful relationship dynamic stuff that happened on the bus, which was awesome. So I want to have a word of prayer. And uh, then, as the Lord lays on your heart, those of you who are going to share today, just going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to look at you, point you out. I just want you to come one after another, even come to the front and sit so we can do this quite quickly. Uh, I've asked again, only three to five minutes per person, three to five minutes. Uh, that's all we're going to share. And if it goes longer than that, I will cut you off because I want to have everybody an opportunity to, uh, to share. And um, I don't want it to drag on till three o'clock today. So would you bow with me for a moment? Father, I want to thank you again that, boy, we're reading your word in Matthew 10, that when we stand before people, Jesus, you reminded us that it won't be us speaking, but you speaking through us. And so I thank you today for what we experienced. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're going to give every person who was down at Reading, who experienced all that took place there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have laid upon their heart what it is you want to share. And I thank you that you have prepared all of our hearts in this place. I speak even over those who are going to listen on podcasts, those of you that are going to get CDs. I just speak over your hearts even now that you have your heart prepared to receive what is going to be shared in these next minutes. And so I just plead the blood of Jesus over this place. I declare it to be holy ground. And Holy Spirit, thank you that the power of the testimony is incredible. I declare that faith will grow in all of our lives as a result of what we hear this week and next week in these testimonies. And in advance, Father, we give you all the glory. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I invite you to come. Those of you who are going to share today, would you come? All of you can come, sit in the front row, and we'll just begin one at a time. Betty, why don't you, uh, why don't you come and begin? Good morning, everyone. I, can, I consider this a privilege to be able to stand and just share a bit of what uh, I experienced. <clears throat> and I want to start with the trip down. First of all, it was the peace of God that I felt all the way down. In spite of the accident near Airdrie, the snow, the poor visibility, and the snowy road conditions, God's peace, I did not feel anxious about the trip at all. And I'm one who is uh, usually not that way. You know, 
God's peace was there, and I'm just so thankful for that. And um, then once we got going after the accident, and it was dark out, first I want to explain that uh, I'm a very light sleeper, so I was concerned about what kind of sleep I was going to get that night. Well, my traveling companions were so considerate, not one peep and not one snore that evening. So it was not their fault that I did not get any sleep. And I'm also thankful to my companions for the opportunity that I had to get to know some of you just a little bit better. Thank you, each and every one of you. Um, the, um, the conference, the worship, um, undescribable. To be in an atmosphere where there are hundreds, no thousands of people, like-minded people there to praise the Lord. It, it, it is just it is just different, and it's very touching. And uh, I really did enjoy the worship. And um, Sean Boltz, one of the uh, first speakers that we got to hear, uh, he was talking on being connected with herself, with others, and with God. And th that is something that we as human beings all need to be in touch with, you know, ourselves, others, and God. And his connectivity, connectivity with God was very evident when he began to call out the names of a few people followed by personal information about them. It, again, indescribable, you know. The, the words that he spoke, you know, and how it was so specific for that individual. And even, you know, if there was more than one, why? You know, how he could narrow it down to know which one it was specifically. And it wasn't just Sean Boltz that was doing this, as Pastor Colin has said. There was these young kids as well. And um, so there were numerous other people, both on and off the stage so in tune with God and ministering to people. And this just gave me a hunger for more of that, to be able to do that, to be able to minister to people knowing that I have heard from God and it is specifically for that individual that they would be encouraged. And I want to uh, finish with something that happened on the coach ride home after the conference. Uh, Pastor Colin had mentioned that... Uh, God had told him that we were going to uh, have communion on the way home. And um, when I heard that, I just became emotional, you know, just hearing, you know, that we're going to have communion. I got emotional, and, and I says, God, you've got something in store for me. And um, then when we did partake of communion, I sensed that God was saying something that I believed was not just for me, but also for the rest of the group that was uh, on that bus. And what he said was, I have given you a taste of what you can have, a taste of what is available to you. And that isn't, I believe, just for this group that went down. But I believe as you hear testimonies of what individuals have experienced down there, it is for each and every one of us. And it is something that we can all walk in. And it's, But even though it's available to us, it's something that we are going to make a choice, have to make a choice ourselves. Am I going to walk in this? Am I going to experience this? So thank you very much. God bless each and every one of you. And I say, go for all God has for you.
Thank you. It was quite an awesome trip. Elizabeth and I really enjoyed the, the camaraderie on the bus there and back. And uh, I remember when we had our supper or the, uh, the Sunday before, we had a little breakfast or supper thing. And uh, pastor asked if we had a word. And I said, uh, the word I got was go ye. And we were halfway there, well, not halfway down to Calgary. And I said, the Lord, well, you said go ye and we're going. So Anyway, the door, the, the road opened up, and we all got down there safely, and that was a, a blessing too. And uh, there's many things that, we, that I could share, but I'm only going to share two. I really don't walk in the prophetic gift as easy as maybe some people do, but I had the opportunity on the on the Sunday we had church, and I was the young man was sitting next to me, and I said I had a word from the Lord for him, and he said, oh. Okay, just a minute. He said, his wife, he says, can we record it? I said, oh, no, you want to record it? Yeah, I said, okay. Anyway, I had the word I had for him is that uh, he is a writer, and he writes advertisements for a living. That's what he does. And I said, well, God's going to give you creative writing abilities. And he said, okay, I, I believe for that. And I also said that you're going to be writing plays. And he said, oh, well, that's different. I never thought about that. So anyway, that was the one thing that happened with me. And uh, when we got home, I got an email from him saying he thanked me for the for the prayer and thanked me for opening up an avenue that he was thinking about, but he didn't really know how to go about doing it. So he's he's going to look into doing more of that now. And uh, one of the other things we learned from one of the speakers is uh, preparing a place for God and we can prepare it in our heart, but but what I learned from from that is that we're preparing one of our. We have an extra bedroom, and we're setting it aside as a prayer room and at a time for invite God. Because if you invite God, He shows up, and so we're converting one of our bedrooms into a room just to soak and to listen to the Lord. And that's what I would like to share with you. That's what we're going to do, because we want we want God in our life. Big as a dentist, can we all come and just? Dennis, he's ignoring me. <laughs> I said, how big is your room? I said, can we all come and soak with you in that room? Yeah, it's not that big. No, it'll be for you and Elizabeth. That's awesome. Ron. All right, you said 30 minutes to 50 minutes? Is that what you said? Hearing wrong. Okay, so I just want to share... God encounters that happened to me personally. Okay, a lot of stuff happened there, but I just feel that, you know, what you're saying, right? What did God speak and touch to our hearts? So when Sean Boltz prophesied names and accurate things, next day, I think, I don't know who they were, the apprentices, I don't know who they were, five younger people. And so they pick out a name, and they pick out an area code and phone number, and they confessed the last numbers might be twisted. The two last numbers were twisted, but they got the exact number, except twisted, okay? So the, right then the Lord speaks to me, and he says the four-minute mile has been broken. And if you recall back in the, wherever it was, way back, when the, the four-minute mile was never broken, then one guy broke it, and within a year, I don't know what it was, four or five guys broke it, right? So so Lord showed me that, this is for all of us now. We can, we can prophesy phone numbers, names. You have a tumor. You have a trauma. This is why. This is, you know, listening. And, well, uh, as uh, 
Dennis was sharing the thing about listening. We had a, a thing of just shutting it down and shut the lights down and had uh, music, just, just quiet music. And so the thing of just listening. And I thank you for the reminder because I have a study room, but I think I need to, you know, do what you're doing there and just listen to the Lord in quiet music. So I was pretty excited. I sure hope I never have three more minutes, right? <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so God, God, so in that listening, God just shared with me personally that he is speaking more than we think. But we're just not listening. See, we need to, and I'm, you know, I've got three fingers back in my heart here. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. I think that half the battle is quietening our hearts. Oh, i got to pray for that one and that one, intercede for that son or child or whatever. You know, just listening to, and that's really, really huge. Um, <clears throat> twice in my life, this has happened to me. So I walked into the main auditorium, and a man came to me and started praying over me, and, and he hugged, and, and I felt such love. It was the love of God, okay? So, and... Um, he kissed me in the cheek, and I, I kissed him back in the cheek, which I don't normally do that too much. But, but, <laughs> but you know, and, and the thought came to me, was that Jesus? So twice in my life, it's only happened to me. And so I turned around, he's gone. He's gone. And I, I you know, and, and I asked him, man, that, I actually, right before he left, it says, man, that felt just like Jesus. And he says it was. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> It felt like, when I hugged him, I'd never felt such agape, pure love, probably in all my life, from one little hug, you know. Sometimes in his presence, it comes pretty strong, but in loving a person, so that was really good. So, um, prophetic encounter. Um, um, they had people walking around all over the place. They'd come to you, and uh, Heather said, well, you should maybe go to them. <laughs> so I did. I went, I went to one of them, and uh, they had uh, some words and words of encouragement. And the summary of it is God has given each of us desires and dreams that only we kind of sort of know, right? And, and sometimes we cap them, or sometimes we listen to what other people have said. And, and Somehow the Spirit of God quickened that I need to pursue the dreams of God. I believe God's given me, okay? So, ah, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit here. So, that was one, that was a, and I, I was weeping. Colin came to my rescue and checked what's going happening. <laughs> um, I just want to tie in one other thing. I went into their prayer room. They have a prayer room separate of the building. And actually, I went in there once, and I, I started weeping a little bit. And I went in there a little bit later. The second time, I turned around, and there was a picture of the world, and uh, I know Dennis was there, and he's, well, anyway, there was, and they had a curtain built into the picture, okay, so I guess it was a window in, in a sense, although it was one picture, and the Lord just came over me, and I just started weeping uncontrollably, and uh, I know Dennis, you just kind of backed away with that one, <laughs> he says, what's going on, it was God, and so I, I just really sensed that God, it, he weeps over the souls of the world. And uh, I don't know, I, 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 I believe not, in God's timing, I believe he's calling me to the nations. I've done it, I've been in full-time ministry before, and, uh, and uh, India keeps coming back to me. I've hit three different, three different things uh, um, about India. Uh, this book, it's called The Last Arrow. Just really quickly, I'm running out of time. 
Okay? Last arrow talks about, one last thing. The last arrow talks about, if you were to pass away, would you feel that your life has been a fulfillment? And I can honestly say, I am not. I, I am not there. But God is opening up my heart to, you know, we're going to go all out for God. So, no, this is by that uh, Raphael McManus. Yeah, sorry. So I j just want to identify this one. Erwin McManus is one of the speakers that came. Um, the whole group, uh, within the whole group, we, we bought, everybody brought individual different books. We're not going to show them all today. But any of the group members, if you just ask them and say, what book did you buy when you read it? You know, could I maybe have a look at it? There were some powerful tools, re resources we brought back. And I'm sure the team would be open to share that. But you're going to hear some of those. So thanks for bringing that. Yeah, one of six he bought. But that was that was powerful. Who's next? Thanks, Rod. Randy. Morning. So there was just so much that you can't fit it in three minutes, right? Everybody knows that. So I'm just going to pick one thing. And one of the things that um, really struck me uh, was uh, the, like Sean Bowles spoke for the first on Thursday several times, but this verse, and he was talking, what, what, what amazed me was here he's this powerful prophetic guy, and he's talking about the brain. And Carolyn uh, Leaf, we, many of us have read some of her stuff and stuff, but it's really amazing. And <clears throat> so in, sec in 1 Corinthians 2, um, it says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And it, that I was just reading um, through that 1 Corinthians 2, thinking, okay, what verses do I want to pull out? And you know what? I, I couldn't pull out just a few because it's the whole thing. Uh, it, it, to me, it just, God said, this is, this is the reality that these people are walking in, and that's the reality I want to walk in. And he says, my brothers and sisters, when I came to you, uh, came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. My message I preached and how I preached was not to attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on men's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. And we witnessed that. You know, and, and I think of you, you uh, somebody mentioned the, the, the four people that came up, not, not Sean, but this uh, young Filipino gal. And she was just like terrified you know, as even as Paul says here, and she says, is there somebody uh, named April? And you're born in April. And uh, there was several that stood up, but one was April. She was born in April 1st, and I thought of my daughter, obviously. But um, So then she starts asking these other questions and saying these other things. It's like, yeah, that's my husband's name. Yeah, that's my middle son's name. Yeah, that's my youngest name. And, and she just, it was just the power of God. But what what amazed me about Sean, he wasn't he wasn't 
he just seemed so humble. And he just talked about, he says, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm shocked and I'm, I'm just obsessed with this, these people who study the brain and how you can literally see your brain change when you talk differently. And one of the things he talked about was this whole, and this is the statement, the most fascinating being in the whole universe desires to be with me. Teach me, show me his heart and thoughts. Oh, that blew me away. And I, I know many of us started writing notes, and you get halfway through the sentence, like, wow, and I'm writing it down, and, and I get halfway through, but he's saying three other things that, like, whoa, I want to write that down, and you start writing that down, and I've got a whole bunch of sentences here that have no ending. <laughs> I got half the sentence, and then it stops. But just the idea of that spending time with God like another quote was, God doesn't want to just ask uh, uh, us to ask him for specific words to speak. He wants us to spend so much time with him that we literally think like him. And that whole idea with the Carolyn Leaf thing, and, the, and he was talking about the brain and how it works. When you spend a lot of time with someone, you start to think like them. And they can literally map your brain and your synaptics and see the similarities coming in. And so if if we spend that time listening to the Lord and just spend, you know, the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit's in our mind and he's speaking to us. And the more we sit and listen to him, the more we be actually begin to think like God. To me, that was a revelation. That was a revelation that will carry me for the rest of my life. Because, I mean, I can actually think like God. I can be so close to the Holy Spirit that I can... You know, there's times that I don't know the difference between him and me. Wow, that's what I want. And uh, it's awesome. Thank you. Just want to say that that young Filipino, when they when they all finished, the, the guy who was the, the, um, the leader, he goes, just so you know, when she was in the back, she had nothing. And she was so scared, she peed. That's what he said. And then she took the mic and she goes, it's good I'm wearing black, isn't it? <laughs> And then she come out, and God just dropped, and she was just like, we just sat there. And I'll tell you, every time they did that, I just cried. I just could not help but crying when those words came, specific names, dates. It, it was just like, whoa. That was powerful. Next one. Karen? I wanted to come up because what the Lord showed me to share was some things that Sean Bolts said. So I'm just going to share nuggets because uh, apparently I can't talk 10 minutes and I timed myself, so. <laughs> um, Sean Bose was fantastic. This prophesying, or word of knowledge and prophesying that he did, it became a fun thing. Like, I always thought, oh, you, you know, this and this and this, but one of the things that stood out for me was when he said, the Lord gave me the name Jason or Jim. Is there a Jim here or Jason? And this guy stood up, yeah, my name's Jim. There were a few of them, but he picked the one, and then he said, well, the Lord put on my mind a SIM card, like, you know, I don't know why. Does that have any meaning to you? And he said, yeah, my last name is Sim. You're Jim Sim? And, he goes, oh. and then he prophesied wonderful words of knowledge over him. And, and it, it just became a fun thing. It was really fun to watch. But some of what he talked, he talked a lot about connecting. And not only connecting with God, but connecting with each other. And so some of the um, nuggets that I have written down is um, our first place to disciple our brain is our conscience is in our conscience and that's the driving force for our decisions 
and we set ourselves up for what we can do and what we can think by by what's in our conscious in our mind. Um, Jesus came so that we would be connected to rebuild his master plan, and he asks us, are you accessible to me? Are you responsive to me? Will you care about me when I'm not there? Um, and I love that scripture from 1 Corinthians where we have the mind of Christ, and he, we're in him, and he's in us, and he wants us. We can, we can think like him. Um, our mind... One of the things Sean Bolt said, I wrote this down because I thought it was so cool. He said, your mind was made to shine like a Christmas tree, not be dark. Your primary beautiful spot with God is allowing him to show you his beautiful self and your beautiful self. And then another another nugget that I, I just loved is he said, God is a father who says, I can't wait to see what you choose because I trust me inside of you. And boy, did that resonate with me. I I absolutely love that. The conference was amazing. Every single speaker, Erwin McManus, he talked so fast I gave up taking notes. But man, was he good. I really enjoyed him. But my favorite part, I wasn't even going to go to what was happening on Saturday. I wasn't even going to go. I was going to have that day just to recuperate from everything. But the Lord said, no, you're going. So went to the healing room in the morning. Um... And I was in that healing room, I think 40, 45 minutes, I was there a long time. And God healed me. I um, had um, osteoarthritis in my neck, bone spurs, and so I would wake up with uh, numbness and tingling in my fingers in the morning. I haven't had it since. Um, And they persisted. They kept on praying. Do you still have some pain? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you can tell us the truth. Do you still have pain? And they kept on and on and on, and I finally got that healing. But the other thing I got... Before I went, I prayed, Lord, I want something new. Give me something new. And what he gave me in that praying room, the guy that was praying for me, he said, God wants you to receive his joy. And I started to laugh and laugh and laugh. What? In my past, I've seen people lay on on the floor laughing. I'm going, that's so weird. I don't want to do that. And here I am. And then we had the stewarding encounters in the afternoon, and I had no idea what that was, but it was a beautiful afternoon where we have encounters all the time. What me talking to you right now, this is an encounter, and we need to be aware, okay, what's God want me to have out of this encounter, or what can I give through this encounter? And uh, I loved Ben, I think Ben Armstrong was his name. I loved hearing him. He had amazing stories to tell. I'm trying, I've got to get this in. Um, one of the things he said, and it really spoke to me, you come up and you, God wants you to do stuff and you f- feel so inadequate. And he was at a, some kind of a, a deal and he was at the back of the room and he said, I was at minus 53. And uh, I think it was Bill Johnson was calling his team up to pray for people and he, oh, don't call me, don't call me. And he called him up and he had to pray for this woman who had stage four breast cancer. So he's praying for her, and he, and he walked away defeated, thinking, ah, oh, useless, didn't know nothing. But the lady came, I don't know the sequence, but she came later, and she's completely healed. The the breast lumps actually fell off. Is that what he said? Some, They disappeared, yeah, and she's completely healed. But in that, we had a, had to do a soaking time, 45-minute soaking time, and I'm going, oh, 45 minutes? Oh, man. But it, it felt like five minutes, really, and the Lord showed me something really cool, and then the laughter came, and I wasn't the only one laughing. And 
he showed me that it, it's not about the laughing. What he, he showed me, I sensed his joy in me, and it just had to come out in the laughter. And I, that just so blessed me. Who's next? Bev. First of all, the bus ride. Usually when I get on a bus, I'm wide awake and I can't sleep. My anxiety level is through the roof. This time, like Betty, I had the peace of God. All through the trip, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, my favorite guy was um, Ben Armstrong. And when I seen him stand there, it was like I seen an angel behind him. His wings protecting him everywhere he moved. And it was just absolutely beautiful watching him and listening to him. And um, they also, everything they said to me through prayer, when I went, anytime I went through prayer, everything lined up to what is going on through my life. So I know that I'm going in God's direction. And it really instilled in me that keep going, doesn't matter what happens, just keep going, do what God wants. So, yeah. Um, the angel, it, it was just absolutely amazing. The prayer room, the prayer room was wonderful. And the people, listening to the people prophesy over other people was absolutely amazing. No, you don't. Unless your name is Bev. I, come on, Dan. First of all, I'd like to thank the great group of people that went to Reading. It was awesome. I'd like to thank Pastor Colin for shepherding us and the sheep. Uh, I'd like to thank him for um, when we lost a sheep that you turned the bus around and we went and got the sheep. Uh, but you know what? Laughing aside, God showed me that was a message. He is like that. He's not going to let any one of us get lost. He'll turn around. He'll, he'll come for us. He won't let us be lost. So that was kind of unique. Um, for me, open heavens at Reading was like heaven coming to earth. Right from the beginning of uh, when the speakers were speaking, the praise and worship, the whole thing, it was so Holy Spirit, God-filled throughout the whole thing. Um, for me, um, to... Uh, what God really showed me was the intimacy and relationship with God, his love. Uh, encounters with God, one of them was this, and a lot of us had a lot of encounters with God that um, this has made us more aware. Um, he's everywhere. We need to be more aware of his presence. Uh, busy, busyness gets in our way and then we're not aware or whatever gets in our way. We need to be more aware. He's there everywhere. Um, and what's on the Father's heart? That was another thing spoken that um, we need to search what's on the Father's heart. Applying the kingdom of God into action. Um, for me, Ben Armstrong as well. Uh, what's going to, has impacted me and what I want to do to create an awareness in a certain room. Um, be with him face to face, accepting the love, his love that he has for us. Um, 
and create that habit of meeting him in that room. Spend 15 minutes every day of just meeting him in that room. Infilling of his spirit. Um, another thing that I found uh, great was the prayer room. Uh, very impacting when uh, oh, the worship, powerful. Uh, but uh, when I was worshiping, uh, I felt a little nudge. And I turned around, there was a little girl, five-year-old about a five-year-old girl, and uh, asked if she could pray for me. She was with an adult. God is using these little ones, exactly what Colin said this morning. We need to train them up. They're so powerful. You know, like, God wants us to be like little children, to have faith like little children, and do, and not be afraid to go out there like the little ones and just, do what has to be done, right? That was impacting for me. And then uh, we just before we went into the prayer part, um, Holy Spirit was so strong. I just felt his presence, and I just felt like I was floating. I felt uh, the Holy Spirit going up my arms. My face was sweating. I was so hot. But it felt like I wasn't sitting on the chair. I was floating. And then... Um, uh, when we went into the prayer room, uh, it was spoken over me about dancing. Uh, five-year-old girl dancing with the Lord. Joy. Every day, joy. Dancing with him, wherever we are. So that was powerful for me, too. Um, what else do I have? Oh, right. I wasn't supposed to be going to... Well, originally, I wasn't going to the encounters. Uh, this was another powerful thing. Uh, Colin asked us, uh, whoever wanted to go, let him know, because he was ordering tickets. The Lord, um, I went by what Colin has taught us for years. You pray and uh, wait on the Lord, and he didn't give me anything. And then the day after, when it was too late, the Lord said, um, you need to go to the encounters. Uh, you need to stand with me. Uh, Colin has a ticket for you. So I, we were at the restaurant, and I went up to Colin, and I said, uh, you have a ticket for me, don't you? And he didn't know, because, um, well, he had already gotten the tickets. And I said, yeah, you have a ticket for me to go to Encounters. And sure enough, the next day he had said he had <laughs> a ticket for him that I was registered. So that was powerful. just want to read one um, one thing the Lord has given me as we allow our minds to be renewed by the lord joining our values and our thoughts to his we're inviting the realities of the kingdom into our everyday moments and we will see the impossible become possible that's good linda well it was an amazing time and uh the very first morning we got to the conference i figured i needed coffee so I'm in the coffee line <laughs> and waited 45 minutes, but I was amazed of all the God encounters I had at, the, at, at that conference. So uh, I'm feeling quite emotional right now, but there was uh, a couple uh, pretty quick into my standing there and waiting, and uh, they were from, we got to talking, they were from the 
they had healing rooms in, in Washington State, and they talked about that. I said, you know, I told them where we were from, we have a healing room as well, and they were just so pleased. And they prayed for us, and they, they prayed for my hands that I would have healing hands. And uh, that was one. And the, the other one was pretty amazing that same day. Um, two gentlemen ahead of me heard that me say that we were from Canada, and we had come on a bus, and he says, we're, uh, well, he says, we're from Canada as well. So anyway, from the Winnipeg area. And he says, people, there's pockets of, of people everywhere in that area where God is moving. Well, that's good news to me because I'm from that area. And uh, so um, he's, he's, he, I had to pry it out of him where he was from. He was from about an hour out in an alliance church, and they, they're hungry for God. And he was there. He had a word for me of encouragement and uh, just awesome. So anyway, uh, just a couple of things that the speakers had said. Uh, Irwin McManus talked about how important, and this is just one thing, just so many good things, how important choices were. What kind of a future am I creating? I must choose life, choose Jesus. And he said, my choices affect others, not only my bad choices, but my good choices. They affect people around me. So God waits for my right choices so he, he can unleash life. I thought that was just powerful. Sean Boltz, again, we, we, he said, we are wired for connection with God. Jesus paid the price that um, for God's design for me will really happen. His spirit dwells in me. He's come to fellowship with me. How do I connect with God? I do listening prayer at least 15 minutes. Start with 15 minutes every day. Just listen to him. Just wait on him. And when we surrender everything, God will take us beyond what we can think. Saturday mornings, Saturday morning we were able to attend healing room. And, you know, about a week and a half before this trip, I was just struck with a sprained ankle and what a what a thing I mean it just was wanting to hinder everything I was trying to do well I just was determined I I'm speaking to that ankle to be healed and whole and I'm not going to miss out on anything so I went in my physical need was for uh, a healing in my ankle it was still quite swollen then and um this this couple prayed for me uh you know, they ministered the love of God. I have never known the love of God in such a way. It, it was amazing. And it, at the end, they said, Jesus wants to wash your feet. I could barely get over that, but they, they cupped their hands and washed my feet as I stood there. It's so... I was teary the rest of the day. I couldn't even share that information with anybody for days after. But even in, in, in the uh, soaking session later, you know, I said, God, do you have something you want me to know? And he said, I want you to stay at rest. Things happen when you rest. 
and my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Dana. I wasn't sure if I was going to speak today or next week, but then I realized if I don't want any more of my stories to get taken, I better go as soon as possible. <laughs> so um, I don't want to take your story. You're talking about the acorn. You're not? Oh, Somebody needs to talk about the acorn and the oak tree. I'm going to talk about the flask and the bee. So real quick, um, this is about uh, Bill Johnson was speaking, and um, he told two quick stories that are related to each other. So uh, one day he's flipping through his fly fishing catalog. Looks like it's fly fish. And then he got all the way through, looked at all the nice stuff. You know, you see the expensive stuff first, and then at the very back of the catalog is just like Christmas gift, stocking stuffer stuff, you know, insignificant things. And he sees this this nice silver flask, and he doesn't drink. He doesn't need a flask or anything, but he had this thought come to his mind. Like, that would be nice to have. I like that. And then it left his mind. He didn't think about it again because he didn't need it. It had no purpose for him, but he just thought, that looks nice. Well, it was some weeks or months later, I think a month later, he was um, speaking in uh, Great Britain, him and his wife were together doing a conference, and a lady there um, came up to them afterward, and he, she had prepared two gifts, for e uh, one for each of them. And his wife opened this gift from this lady, and it's this beautiful, like, something you'd find at the Christian bookstore, like, very nice for a pastor's wife kind of gift. Like, oh, that was thoughtful. And she's like, this is what God told me to give you. And Bill opened his gift, and it's a silver flask that... He was just blown away that of all the things that were a priority in his life, God was like, oh, you like that? Okay, I'll give it to you. And and he got it. And so, um, and right after that, he told us a story about um, he was at a lake near Reading, and he just went out there to be by himself and uh, sat on a rock by the lake and was watching the fish, you know, come up to the surface and bubbles and go back down and um, he just had this random thought come to his mind I wonder what would happen if a fish ate a bee he thought would it get stung when it swallowed it what would happen and then the next thing he knows a bee comes along stops right in front of him stops flying and drops right into the water immediately in front of him and he watches a fish eat it. And he thought, God, why would you even send a suicidal bee? I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. I just was wondering. And he's like, God pays attention to all the little things that you think. And then he said, and this is what I took from me, I, I took from it, was he said, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Yeah. <laughs> the fish live. Yeah, that was that was very that was very powerful. It was good. Who's next? Zach. Five minutes. It's not enough time. Um during the first evening session, Q&As are something that's really big with Bethel. People like to ask questions about the practicalities of the stuff that they apply in their ministry. And uh, Sean Bowles and uh, 
Sean Bowles and Bill Johnson uh, had a Q&A, and they were asked the question, if you could take one attribute from the other person and apply it to your own life, what would it be? And Bill Johnson's response was amazing. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Sean Bowles' response was, Bill, you have such a relationship faith. And he goes, I want that. And I'm sitting up in the crowd, and I go, I want that. And it's, it's a relationship faith where it's like, when you know God, you know he's faithful. When you know that you know God, you know that he is faithful in your life. But Bill has this sense about him that he knows 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 that the Father is good and he wants to do uh, good things. Um, at Encounters on Saturday, um, we went into a time, a 45-minute time of just silencing yourself and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, uh, very much so along the same lines of uh, listening prayer. One of the things that I learned at YWAM was when you go into those times and your mind tries to wander, bring it back. Just bring it back. The Lord will speak. Bring it back. Anyway, um, I got hit with Isaiah 11.11. And I was like, 11.11, my first thought was, you know, at the conference, again, someone was giving a word of knowledge to someone in the crowd and used the numbers 11.11. And as my thinking was going off there, I was like, no, 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 that's not you. Bring it back. Brought it back. Isaiah 11.11. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Isaiah 11.11, I was like, okay, God, okay, this is you. I opened up 11.11, read it, and it talks about um, the standard, uh, the banner being uh, risen by Jesse. People were rallying to Jesse in the Bible. And that took me into a dialogue with the Lord, and I said, okay, Lord, 11.11, Isaiah 11.11, what are you doing? He responds, "Uh, it will be a quick build. So... It's a conversation. You're having a conversation with the Lord. Okay, Lord, what is building? The work is the work in you that is building. All right, what is the work that is building? A new ministry, a teacher's ministry. All right, tell me about that. I'm clothing you with a new robe. Okay, tell me about that. I will give you divine strategies. That's great, Lord. Thanks. What else? I'm creating our place. And he gave me a taste of that in this room that's full of Spirit-filled laughter at this point. The Lord took me into absolute silence. And it was just the two of us. And uh, I'm not going to cry either. But it was, it was just beautiful. And he said, uh, I'm refining you for your true power in me. He closed off the whole conversation. He reminded me of what Bill had said uh, about relationship faith. And he closed off our time by saying, this is how you gain relationship faith. And when we were on the bus and I was sharing on the bus, um, one of the things that the Lord laid on me and I shared it there, if we had 30 opportunities during the day to have a conversation with our spouse and we chose to have a conversation once or twice, how quickly do you think you would get to intimately know your spouse? The same is with the Lord. And he's giving you 20, 30, 40, 50 opportunities every day to encounter him in a very personal way. Imagine if you took advantage of every single one of those conversations, where would you be with the Lord after a year? 30 days. Where would you be? I thought that was beautiful. And in closing, 
Sean uh, Bolts said something the very first uh, night, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to take operation of our lives and guide us places. Uh, He said, one of the main reasons we say no to the Holy Spirit is that we do not feel worthy of the process. And uh, there's a lot of people who have shut off the possibility of even allowing the Lord to ask or to challenge them, to grow them, to move them to a new place. And uh, when uh, he said that, when he said they're not worthy of the process, that revealed a, a spiritual force at work in the church where there are churches, bodies, communities, regions of people where that spirit of unworthiness is there. And when the Holy Spirit um, is wanting to take them somewhere else, they won't. Not because they don't want it, but because they don't actually feel worthy of it. And I still have 30 seconds. Uh, I'm watching the clock. Dana mentioned the acorn. She mentioned the acorn and talked about um, our prayers why we pray and we don't have them uh, answer necessarily, and this struck really close to home for me too, is I would pray something, and I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use an example. I would pray for $500, and the Lord answers my prayer with $50. And I look at that $50, and I go, oh, you know, well, okay, I'm going to have to put this $50 toward this thing, and I'm going to have to hope for $450 to come from somewhere else. Uh, it was said that the Lord answers prayers with a seed. And I was like, whoa. And he went into it, and he said, um, the Lord answers prayers with an acorn. You plant that seed, that becomes an oak tree. If the Lord answered all your prayers with an oak tree, all of your needs were being met just like that, just like that, it would kill you. And I wholeheartedly believe that. So with that being said, when the Lord answers your prayer, or I shouldn't say that, when the Lord gives you a little something towards what you're praying for, just lift that up to the Lord and go, is this a seed? Is this a seed? Am I supposed to see this and see the results? I'm going to be applying that to my life. Yeah, that was a powerful truth, Dennis. I won't be keeping you long, uh, but uh, anyways, the the whole time down there was a, was a blessing. The group that we went with was just such a blessing, and uh, and uh, with us missing the Wednesday night uh, service that uh, God said, well, I'm going to restore that. And uh, he restored it many times over, like in over those four days that we were there. And uh, I, I guess the other thing, too, I'm going to just jump to the, the part that on the, the ride home, like, you know, the, the testimonies that were spoken, like, you know, that, too, is just encouraging. And that's what they encouraged for us to do is to give testimonies of our, our encounters. And uh, so, but for me, uh, it was Thursday morning. It was the praise and worship. Like, you know, I just thought, you know what? Here we had been on the, the bus for this 33 hours, got four hours of sleep. And if you want to take that wherever you want, but the praise and worship. And I really got to thank the praise and worship here this morning, too. What a blessing it is for us. Like, uh, But anyways, it was Benny Johnson. It's, it's Bill's wife and... Uh, she read a scripture in uh, John uh, 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace and in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world. And uh, 
that just kind of started the whole thing, like, you know, and there was just so many things happening, but uh, uh, Sean Voltz, uh, Bill Johnson, but the, the healing room, it was uh, something that uh, went there and just the experience of it, like, you know, they're dealing in hundreds of people, like, you know, and that was an experience that uh, we're going to have. But uh, so they go into the, the first part of us. I believe that we were group seven. So that was about 40 some people that will go into this room. And then they start, like, you know, this is what uh, has been spoken to us. Like, you know, there's neck pains and shoulder pains. But I wrote down what I had, but then we went into the next room. And uh, But as they were saying this was what was happening, there was some in the group that had those pains and they felt this heat and uh, come over them. But then we went into the another room. The big part of it was actually the sanctuary. But I don't know how many people were in there, but there was lots, probably 100 or 150 but then we get into the healing room that uh, that I was in, and there was many of us that there was two different rooms, but some of us were in that room. And uh, I had this pain in my left, the right, whatever it is, my right arm. And uh, as we got called up there, these two fellows, there was an older one and a younger one, but they were from Britain, they were from the UK, and I commented about their accent and my grandfather came from. So anyways, kind of cool, and then I just started feeling this heat come over me, and I had to slip my shoes off. Like, you know, and they started praying over my arm, and all of a sudden, they're asking me what's happening, and slowly, it's like, you know, there's no pain, no pain. And just the, the experience of being in that room with so many people and uh, uh, was uh, was just something that I didn't know what to expect. But then they asked, well, would I go and give a testimony about the healing of my arm? And I said, sure, because that's what it's all about, is to give that testimony. And yes, it is. Yeah, it is healed. And uh, there was another thing that I do have, but I, I'm declaring that it is healed and whole in Jesus' name. But uh, after that, uh, it was, I guess, Saturday afternoon, the stewarding of encounters, and it was one of those volunteer things that... But anyways, uh, the ones that were uh, went to that conference, what it was about, it was train, equip people to steward encounters and to cultivate an environment for encounters both individually and corporately. Well, you know what? I didn't even know what this was all about, so I'm really going in there, but... Uh, it was really intriguing as the, the person that was uh, was uh, Glenn Armstrong, or Ben Armstrong, and uh, spoke about the presence of the Holy Spirit, ho soaking in the presence, and then he gave a list of various encounters, and I could list those off, but I see Pastor Collins coming closer. <laughs> but anyways... That was my part, was with Ben Armstrong and the encounters, like, you know, that uh, there's so many encounters, and uh, I guess there was one other scripture that, and I've probably heard this many times over, but it was in Exodus 33:11, when Moses was uh, was called a friend of, of God, and like, you know, when you think of it, like, you know, God's so sovereign and everything, but he's our friend, like, you know, so anytime we want to have somebody to have a chat with, and, and uh, just sec here, oh, the, the blessing that I had this morning was uh, being uh, the greeter at the door and the worship here today. It was just, as I said, it was awesome. Um, the group sharing and the, well, I guess the power of the testimony. Thank you.
Beautiful. Is there two more? Want to go today? Okay, Jean and Su Suzanne first, and then Jean. Suzanne? Yeah. So I don't, you guys are all such keeners. I actually said keeners in the States, and this woman looked at me and went, what's a keener? And I was like, oh, okay. That's my own word, I guess, but I don't have anything organized because I am honestly still processing all of that. Um, I think I'm blessed because I've been to Believers, and I've seen um, worshiping in the Bible Belt down there in the south, and I think God gave me a really cool opportunity to see how they do that in California, and there's a lot of things that I heard, um, which was cool for me, because we talked about this a bit. There's things that I heard um, at Believers that I heard again in California, so that gave my heart peace. Um, I kind of feel like a lot of those speakers were like a like a laid-back version of who you see at Believers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of neat. Um, for me, it was a struggle to go, and I was afraid to go because fear was in my life. So for me to get on that bus was a big deal, and um, for me to be around all these people for, for that long of a time was a big deal. So I know God was with me in everything and every step I took. It was a big deal for me, too. Um, he healed me, I think, starting on Sunday when you had us all come up and pray. I think that was the beginning of my healing. And he challenged me in ways that um, I don't think I would have taken unless I got to lay my hands on somebody and pray over them before my gift of healing came to me. I don't know if that works for anybody else, but sometimes that works for me where I have to step out and um, just believe that um, God's going to, do what he needs to do in me, but I have to take the step up in uh, faith and courage, right? And so it really did happen. Um, Thursday, I had healing. I had people pray over me over some stuff that happened uh, 20 years ago in my life, 40 years ago in my life, actually, um, which I think that's when all of uh, hell broke loose. Can I say that? Really, that's really what happened uh, that night. And so after that, I feel like um, my eyes were opened and my ears were unplugged and my heart was receptive. I actually, crazy thing, I know there's going to be a lot more change coming for me, and I know it's going to be a process, because there's just going to be things that are going to happen that I'll be like, oh yeah, I used to, that used to be hard for me, but I had somebody who came up to me in the washroom this morning, and this is how I know God's good. She came up to me, and she goes, hey, how you doing? And she was like, she went like that, and I'm like, what are you doing in my head? But we had talked to believers, and back at believers, I was like, I'm not at a place where I can just run up to somebody and hug them. That's what fear does to you, if anybody has experienced that. But this morning she said to me, I know what you said at Believers, and I just wanted to respect that. And I thought to myself, that's what God's done in me, because I could walk up to her and give her a hug if I saw her again. So there's going to be things that are coming up in my life that I know God's going to show me. If you have time and you want to visit with me, I could tell you exactly what happened to me at, at Bethel. But I don't, can't do it in five minutes. So I love you guys, and what God told me to tell you all this morning, because I said to him, what do I say? And he said to tell you that change is coming. Tell my people change, are coming, change is coming because I'm doing a new thing, and don't be afraid of change. It's a good change. Yeah, I'm 
in my heart before we went to Reading, I, I kind of had a, a list of some things that I would like to see take place within my life. And just actually, you had a kind of a list of what I wanted to see in uh, the church people that all went. And it's so exciting to see uh, what it's done in, in, in so many people already. And we're just going to leak all over you guys. There's no no debating that. We're going to leak. And you can have it if you want it. Uh, okay. I laughed at the start there. And that's not just because I thought of something funny. Uh, that is that is the way the Spirit of God moves on me when I really can, can feel it and sense it. And, and I... Over the years, it was moving strong on me. And I kind of shut it down a little bit before I came here because I wasn't sure what how the, the atmosphere was in this church. So I kind of shut that down. But you know what? It got reopened up again in Reading. So I think for a lot of people, the last that went, there was things that were reopened in our lives. I know a, a new stream of worship was reopened inside of me. And that was one of the things on my list. And... Um, also, uh, i just throw a couple nuggets in. This is one from Wednesday when, when uh, the rest of the church people weren't there yet because we took the, the long way around. We went as a family, Josh, Sharon, and I. So, And Bill Johnson spoke that Wednesday night, and he spoke about open heaven. And he talked about, and the whole conference is open heaven's conference, and I left this little bracelet on my arm because I want to keep reminding myself, you know, be mindful of this stuff. And he was just talking about how in the 90s people talked about the open heaven, open heaven, like it was, it was over here, it was over there, and people would follow and go to different revivals and stuff because that's where open heaven was. And, and so it became kind of a, a catch word that the charismatics like to use about where God was kind of thing. And he, he kind of exploded a bit of that mindset because he said, it has to do with what you believe. If you believe there's a closed heaven over you, there will be. You get what you believe for. And so he spoke at length about that. So I'm really slicing this down. And, and there'll be the, the, the audio that Pastor Colin will make available. And they will have that's, that was, was said on Wednesday. And, and you guys can access that then. But just the takeaway I got that evening was about how that open heaven is... It's as open as you want it to be. So you just open yourself up to that. And then, uh, and this is kind of goes with it, and God just dropped this word in me, and it just relates to, to how the people, uh, the spirit that the people of Reading have, the workers, the, all the people associated with Reading, and they had such a hunger for God and desire for God, and it showed through, and I didn't really sense any kind of religiosity. There's sort of even a religion that's charismatic religion where it's sort of put on spirituality and I never picked up any sense of that there and I was delighted to see that. And I, and these are people that are hungry for God and they're intentional. They have an intentionality about them. And I think a lot of times as Christians we are waiting for stuff to happen and we can get a little bit passive. But God dealt with me. I mean, these are people that have decided to be intentional about what they're going to do in, in, the, in their setting. And it's changed. And it makes me think about this scripture. Um, this is Psalm 24, uh, 7 to 9. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. 
Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Oh, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> I won't make a noise like Ron, but... <laughs> You guys are the gates. You guys are the door. And if you're intentional and you lift up your heads, and I think that speaks of our attitude towards Him and our desire to praise and worship and connect with God, if you lift that, your heads up, the King of glory shall come in. And guess what? They did that in Reading. We can do that here. We are no different. That's us. That's us. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe a little later. But that's us if you want it. it. We can have that corporately. Each of you as an individual can have that. So let's go for it. Dana, can I have you uh, just come up for a second? How many of you are blessed by the first half of the testimonies? Yeah. Part two next week. Would you uh, Would you bow with me as we close off today part of what the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophet Joel he said there's a day coming when the spirit of God is going to pour out not just on priests not just on prophets not just on kings but the spirit of God is going to pour out on all men and all women Little children will have dreams and visions. They will prophesy. They will hear the voice of God. They will experience the intimacy. The Spirit of God will pour out on old men and old women. And the wine of the Spirit inside will bring new life, new vitality, new energy. It was beautiful for us to experience little children and older men and women, not in old folks' homes and not on the golf course but putting themselves in a position for the Spirit of God to fill them and flow through them and touch the lives of people. The Spirit of God is pouring out on whoever will receive Him. And so today, Father, as the words of the testimonies went forth, I thank You that You have been speaking I thank you that you have already planted into the hearts of all of us for more of you. You're changing our appetite. And I thank you that you are not a respecter of persons. I thank you that the whosoever is still real today. Whosoever will hunger. Whosoever will thirst. He said, I will come. 
to the woman at the well, he said, if you drink of the water that I give you, it will be inside of you a fountain bursting up that will cause you never to thirst again. That's for us. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But in your heart, in a place that only the Father can see, I'm going to ask you to say to him, Lord, I'm open. I want you to fill me. I want to drink that water. I don't want to be done. But I want more of you. I want to experience you and I want you to flow through me. If that's your heart, just right now, just respond to the Lord. Just tell him. So, Father, right now, with every heart that is open, would you begin with a waterfall of your spirit? Would you begin to flow and flow and fill and fill? Would you begin to pour in us what you gave to the woman at the well that changed her life in a moment? Would you satisfy in such a way that we will never thirst again. More of you. I prophetically declare over every person whose heart is open, I prophetically declare that the times of soaking and intimacy will begin increasing in our life. I declare that we will begin making more room in our world for the things of God and begin pushing out those things that would steal I prophetically declare that we will move into a relational intimacy. A relational intimacy, as Zach shared about what Bill talked about, that faith coming from relationship. I prophetically declare that over every person whose heart has been open to receive the new wine. And I prophetically declare that we, as a church in this community, are open for the Spirit to take us to a new place, a new experience. Have your way. Have your way. Seal what you have done here today, Lord. Prepare us for what is yet to come. Your word says, I has not seen nor ear heard what you have in store for those whose hearts are turned toward you. A foretaste of the feast to come. I declare over you today what you already know. 
the Lord has blessed you and he is keeping you. The Lord has caused his face to shine on you and he has been gracious to you. The Lord has lifted up his countenance upon you and he has filled you with his peace. I declare that in the name of the Father and his precious Son and the beautiful person, Holy Spirit. And everybody believing and receiving said, Amen. Amen.